Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you again so much for coming. It's great to have you here. I'm so darn glad you're here. It's so exciting. It's great. Uh, but we got something really, 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 really big coming, obviously, Christmas. And a Christmas Eve service that we're planning here at the church is going to be so amazing, so amazing. And I just want to remind you of something. That there is, this is the greatest news uh, as far as Christianity goes. Christmas and Easter, you know, are just... They're, they're what it's all about. And we have this great opportunity to invite people to experience what Christmas is all about because every one of us here, we all know people who, uh, you know, they're good people and everything, and they're, they're probably uh, Christian, sort of, but they don't quite get it. You know what I mean? They just, they're just not quite there, just not quite get it yet. And we have this great opportunity to invite them to experience what Christmas is all about. I know many times I've tried to share with people what Jesus came to do to connect us with God and all this stuff, but it doesn't have the same effect as when we come in a big gathering. There's an atmosphere here that with the, with the music and all that, that just draws us to know and to understand and to, and to kind of get what God is all about, what Jesus is all about. So I just want to encourage you so much. Invite that friend, invite that. If you come without your spouse, I just want to encourage you, invite them and just say, hey, would you do me a favor for Christmas? Would you just come with me? Or your friend, if you have a friend you work with, and you just, would you just invite them to come with you or to meet you here? If it's your son or daughter that doesn't, you know, doesn't go to church often, would you just take this opportunity to invite them, to, to draw them to come and experience what Christmas is all about and the real meaning of Christmas and God becoming a part of our lives. I want to encourage you that. But if you have people in your life that you really, really want them to know, you want them so bad to experience this whole, you know, what Christmas is about, and they can't come, let's say they're elderly or they got some health problems or something, Please encourage them to watch online. You know, just, just uh, give them the address to how to get there. And if they're older people, maybe you have to, you know, set it up for them or something. But so that they can watch. It's not the same. I mean, you don't get that whole experience. But the message will be there for them to. So I just want to encourage you. Let's take this opportunity to express our love to the people that we know by drawing them to experience what Christmas is all about. So, praise God. Take advantage of that. Uh, now, as we continue our series, actually, today we're wrapping up the series Good News, and it is such, it's such great news. This whole series, we've been going off what the, what the angels said to the shepherds in the field. The angels came to the shepherds, and they said just this proclamation. They said, but the angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great, incredible, awesome, overwhelming joy. Okay, I added some of that. But for all the people, this is incredible news. It brings great joy to everybody. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There's this proclamation of good news. And it is, it's not just good news for a few. It's good news for everyone, for all the people. And it will cause... Incredible joy, incredible fullness. I mean, really abundant, awesome life it will cause as we understand that. In the first week we talked about, well, why is this good news? It's because Jesus came to us. 
It's about us, that Jesus came to us. There's not this maze that we have to follow through. It's not like, I gotta obey, I gotta follow these certain rules, I gotta do the right thing, I gotta, I gotta be religious so that maybe, possibly, I could find God. <laughs> no, that Jesus came to us. That is great news. And when he came here, he also showed us what the Father is like. God, our Father, who, who no one has ever seen. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I came to represent the Father, this God in heaven, this awesome, awesome, loving Father. I came to show you what he's like, that he is loving and he is compassionate, he is caring, and he he is the one that wants you to be with him more than anything. And last week, and and Shaheen made this point, that it is the greatest good news there is. There's no other news better than this. The whole point of Jesus coming at Christmas was to bring us to the Father, was bring us actually to rescue us from our sins. Here's what it's all about, that Christmas really comes all down to this. The most important thing, the greatest news, is that through Jesus Christ, he brings us to the Father, brings us to heaven. I know we don't think about heaven much, but you know what? Heaven's a pretty big deal. It's awesome. I want you to just ponder it for a minute. I know we don't think about heaven and hell very often, but just ponder heaven for a minute. There's no more, there's no more pain. There's no more hunger. There's no more depression. There's, there's no more death. There's no more saying goodbye. There's no more disappointment. I mean, literally living in the presence and the glory of God where everything is always light, where everything is amazingly brilliant, and there is none of the struggles that we go through today. I mean, heaven is absolutely fantastic. Why do we want to invite people to experience what Jesus Christ came to do. Why? Ultimately, the number one thing is so that they will be in heaven. It's about that. That Jesus is the only way to the Father. And he came to bring us to the Father. Great, great, fantastic news. But, this brings up today's topic. What do we do until then? I mean, we're going to be here another five years, 10, 50, 60, 70 years we're going to go to heaven when we die. I mean, that's fantastic news. That's great. But what about until then? What about just living life and going through life? Is there this big gap that Jesus came that we could be with God forever? But where is he now? And I know that some of us, and, and I get this, most of Americans, we really don't care that much. We really don't. Heaven can wait. You know, I want to go to heaven when I die, but I don't really want to die. For, for most of us, life is good enough. We actually, we actually enjoy life. We, we like life. We're, we're like, it's exciting, and I'm good. I'll see God when I die, but for now, I'm going to do this earthly thing, and I'm going to live my life, and I'm really, I'm really good with it. And I know we all experience some, some difficulties and some troubles, but for most of us, that's okay, we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll get through the trouble, right? I mean, come on, you know, you know that we just we work our way through the difficulties and the struggles, you know, through life. And we're okay living this life and we'll see God in heaven when we die. But 
sometimes the difficulties in life get more than we can handle. And some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Usually I can, I can deal with my fear. But sometimes fear gets so overwhelming, I can't deal with it. Then there's a panic that sets in. Sometimes there's a hurt. We all get hurt, but we, we get over it. They say time heals and we make it through. But for some of us, that hurt is so deep. We just can't seem to look up. And life seems really long when we're going through that. Or difficulty in an illness. Or the loss of a loved one. You know, where life just doesn't go good. Some of us are living there right now. Some of us are there. And even like, like the, the rest of us, okay, hey, life's pretty good, whatever. But for some of us, we think, life is not good. I don't want to live. Two people, I talked to two people this last week. Two of them who told me, yeah, I was, I was in an accident this week and I just wish I would have died. Or what are you looking forward to? Nothing but dying. Life can be that way sometimes. And life can be that way. And don't think that we're, any one of us here are like immune from that happening. It can happen to all of us. That we go through life and we get these very difficult times. And it's very hard. Well, guess what? There's good news. Listen, there's, there is good news. It's called Emmanuel. This is part of Christmas. I know the greatest thing is going to heaven when we die. That is by far the greatest. But it's really good news that Emmanuel, Emmanuel means that God is with us. That during the meantime, I know that heaven is someday, but in the meantime, God is with us. He is here. He is here right now. He, he is a part of our lives that he can be in our lives and make all the difference in the world, that God is with us. And I know some, some of you are thinking like, yeah, really? Really? I, I don't see him. Come on, you know. You know. That sometimes it's just like, well, that's, that's, that's cool. That's a great saying. <laughs> that's a great thought. But is God really with us? For some of us, like we just hope like, oh, that would be fantastic if God could help me, if God could come and be a part of my life, if God could somehow lift me out of this pain, if God could make a difference in my life and bring, bring light back into my heart again, if God could somehow restore my joy, if God could, that would be fantastic. But for most of us, really, it's just, I'm not sure that's true. I mean, that's a great philosophy. But what do you mean God is with us? God is literally, not physically, but literally with us in spirit. And what God offers to walk with us through life, to get us until that day we see him physically, is absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to just talk about two people really quick today, that if you're doubting that maybe God is really that real, that the good news is, that God is with us. 
Maybe, uh, maybe you know a little bit about King David. Usually, King David is a, a king over Israel, one of the greatest king they've ever had. Uh, he was called the man after God's own heart. And, and maybe you've heard some stories about David, you know, whoosh, the slingshot and Goliath. That was a cool trick. Anyway, he did some cool stuff, and he's really known for his good stuff. But maybe you're not aware of the bad parts of his life. Because King David knows what it's like to be hurt experience loss. I mean, to the depth of, I don't even know if I want to live anymore. And maybe you're there. Maybe you've been there. But King David went through some things that was amazing. He, I mean, the wife that he absolutely loved, her first son was born and he was so happy and then he died. It, it tore him up. He had another son who later, when he grew up, organized a coup against his, wanted to steal, militarily take over his own throne and his own kingdom. Can you imagine? The, 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 the disappointment and just that whole idea of people, people were against him, that people were constantly trying to kill him. He lost his good friends. I mean, this guy went through the, a loss in life that is unbelievable. And he was experienced the I don't know, the greatest or some of the, the most damaging, hurtful, horrible things in life. But I hope this brings you hope that King David, even though having all of these horrible things in his life, wrote some things from his heart that all of us have probably heard. Matter of fact, he wrote what, what we hear usually at funerals. We've probably all heard this at a funeral. I don't think it has anything to do with a funeral, but here's what he wrote. Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. Through the midst of loss, pain and fear, people taking advantage of him, talking bad about him, he says, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside Quiet waters in all of the confusion of the kingdom and what to do. And people are against me. We've got this army on this side. We've got, he, he leads me. The, the circumstances don't change. But what I've experienced is that when God is with me, he brings me to quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Like there's sunshine on the inside. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Maybe you're there right now. Just take hope from this as King David writes. Even though it's at the worst time of my life and everything's going wrong, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Emmanuel. God is with us. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That King David said, hey, at the worst times, at the valley of the worst things, at the, the most darkest hour in my life, that I can look up and I can have life. And there is joy. There is good news. Because God is with me. He makes a difference that God is with me and he walks with me. And he strengthens me. And he gives me hope and joy and peace and guidance that he works in my life. He can do the same for us. The Apostle Paul, maybe many of us know the bad side of his life. 
He had a horrible life. I mean, he was, the, the Bible tells us of some of the things that he went through. It was incredible. That he was whipped many times. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned to death and then came back to life, so they say. He was shipwrecked. He was constantly running for his life. He had people who wanted to kill him. He had to escape out of communities and towns. He had some, some of the church was mad at him and some of the Jews were mad at him. And he, I mean, his life was just absolutely horrible. Horrible. But here's what he discovered. Incredible good news. He discovered this. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Maybe that's how you feel right now. Hard-pressed on every side. You think life's going to crumble. But he said, but not crushed. Yes, life has its hard times. Yes, it's difficult. And yes, there's things that I don't have the power to overcome. I can't see the other side. But God is with me. He said, even though we are pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. No, we keep going. Like God is with us. We are perplexed, but not in despair. No, there's a difference that God is with us. We are persecuted immensely, but not abandoned. God is with us. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because there's a huge difference. The good news is that God is with us. Emmanuel, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, that God is there and God is with you and he is there, not idle, not just sitting by, not just watching, "Eh, sucks to be you. No, he's there, he's with us. He wants to strengthen us, encourage us and be with us. That's good news. That God is with us today through life until we see him face to face. That God is with us. And maybe for some of us, maybe life's not that bad. Maybe life's pretty good. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take a step here, but maybe you actually think, I don't really need God with me. You would never say that, of course, but we kind of live our lives that way. That maybe, You know what? I'm not struck down. I'm not in despair. I get over things. You know, life's pretty good. I don't really need God with me. I'm glad he's there for the week. You know, oh, yeah, the religion is for the week, but I don't really don't need that. I want to challenge that thought. I really do. Because here's something I know about you. I know this. Because you and I are not that much different. And I know this, that even though you can handle life, and even though things are going pretty good, and you're hardworking, and you've got a great family, and you know, there's just things are, are fine in your life, I know this. There are days that you wonder, You wouldn't tell anybody. It's a secret. It's in the quiet times of your life. You think, is this all there is? Well, to cover that up, I'll just do more. I'll buy more stuff. I'll make more money. I'll get new things. To get over that feeling of, really? I know this, too. There are times that you feel alone. You don't tell anybody. You quickly pass by it. But there are times you do feel alone. There are times that you feel afraid. Again, you overcome it. You get by. Positive thinking. You do okay. 
But I know that there are times you could use help. You could use something bigger. There are times that we think, in our American culture, we just live life, we take care of things, and we kind of think, well, things are going to get better, I'll just make them better. But there's a better out there that you and I could never find. There is this thing called fullness of life, this this peace and this joy and this fullness and this contentment on the inside that we don't have to be driving ourselves to accomplish everything we can to get more. There's a peace that there is that God offers us that we don't find unless we look for God to be with us. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it this way, and it's just a great he right to the point. Then Jesus declared, he said this, he said, I am the bread of life. Now remember, every word he says is from the Father. This is this is God our Father telling us, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And I know life is okay for most of us. I get it. We can get through life and it's it's fine. We're not in despair. We're not crushed. I get that. But here's what, here's what God is telling us this, that I am the only one that can totally satisfy. I'm with you to satisfy. That you, if you ever, you ever come home, driving home from a buffet, you're completely full. And you see an uh, Arby's billboard with that thick roast beef and you just go like when you're full you have no appetite these things that look so good when you're hungry like oh i need one of those and i got to get one of those when we're so hungry in life god says to us listen i will fill you and satisfy you so you'll no longer be striving. You'll no longer be thirsty. You'll no longer be looking for this thing to satisfy. Because I am with you to do those things. But how do we, seriously, how do we, how do you and I, some of us, we're in so despair. We need God to be with us, but we never felt them. We never experienced them. We don't know. And some of us, we don't like, well, I'm fine without him, but, but there's this more, there's this fullness that we could have in our life. How do we acknowledge? How do we get this God being with? How does this become real in our lives? And I really think this, that this whole idea that knowledge, knowledge starts it. It does. And hopefully today for many of us, that the knowledge is there, that God is there, will start it. But experience solidifies it. Experience solidifies it. Listen, this is so critically important for us to understand that God is with us. It's part of Christmas. It's a part of why Jesus was here so that God could be with us through every day of life. And when you and I know it, it starts this in our life. I, uh, last week, Shaheen told you about the the cornea issue that I had. Some of you aren't aware of it, but uh, let me tell you a little bit of backstory there. I had glaucoma, bad, and lots of surgeries and stuff. Well, they put a shunt tube in, in my good eye. In my other eye, I only have half the vision because the optic nerve has is, is been dead because of glaucoma. So my good eye, which I really counted on everything, 
after they put this shunt tube in there, uh, I started losing my vision. And this thing was to prolong vision, but yet I started losing my vision. And things got darker and darker and darker. This is over months of time. And it got to a point where I could only see about 10% out of my eye. Literally, this eye just wasn't operating. It wasn't doing anything. So I'm living trying to see out of 50% vision in this eye. For two years, I did not ride a motorcycle. I sold it. I did not go hunting. My life completely changed because my vision was gone. And I went to the, the glaucoma specialist as he was doing this, and it wasn't a glaucoma issue. He said that your cornea doesn't work. It's dead. And, oh, wow. Sent me to a cornea specialist. And listen to this. The cornea specialist gave me some knowledge. He said, Kevin, we can do a transplant. We can do a transplant. All we need to do is wait for a donor. And he had to schedule it out like three months for a donor to donate an eye. And we could do a cornea transplant. I left the office that day feeling, you can imagine... I still couldn't see anything, but you know what? The knowledge itself, just the knowledge of that something, that there's hope. There was that knowledge kind of started this, this joy, this good feeling, this, this transformation in my life. Just knowing that there was something that they could do gave me incredible hope. And for some of us in Christianity, it's the knowledge that gives us hope, that it's changed a lot of our lives. A lot of us can say, man, when I found out that God is with us, when I know that he cares, when I, when I learned all this stuff, it started giving me hope. It started changing my life. But unfortunately, most of us, unfortunately, most of us stay here. We stay here. We feel good. It helps. It really does help. Knowing that God is there, I know that God is there. I know that God can do this. I know that God is with me. That is great hope. In much of us, it helps our lives. But there's another step. Experience solidifies. Experience brings the fullness. Experience is what changes our life. Knowledge is good. Experience solidifies it and changes it. The day that I went in for the cornea transplant, it was, uh, it was amazing. I had this hope, and you know, all that was going to be great. And, um, a day or two later, I go back to the surgeon after they had done it, and there, there's a thing over my eye. You know the anticipation. They start tearing off the patch. And right away, I mean, just tearing off the patch. Like, I can see the room. I can see, it's like this happened quickly, but it was like every moment I was experiencing this amazing thing. And, and like when the patch was off, and I could, my eye, like, listen. I went from blind to sight. It was absolutely amazing. And as much as the knowledge made me feel good, the experience changed my life. Literally. You can imagine. It's the same thing with God being with us. It's the same thing. That a lot of us just knowing it it starts this hope. It's great, awesome. No matter how down you are, no matter how hurt you are, no matter where you are in life, that knowing that God is with us gives us hope. But experiencing God 
brings it the rest of the way. Experiencing God being with us, not just knowing it, but actually having God working in our life is amazing. But for most of us, we'd say, how do you do that? How, you know, like, I want, I want God. I know he's with us. I get that. I, I've always believed God's with us, but I want to experience God actually working in my life. How can I experience that? It, it, if God's not hiding from us, there's no secrets, it's this simple. It's this simple. Matter of fact, James puts it this way, right to the point. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. God's not hiding. God's not wanting us to butter him up. You know, God's not saying, well, go through the maze. (laughs) No, not at all. That, hey, God says this, hey, you take a step towards me, and I will take a step towards you. If you want to experience God, being with us, not just knowing it, but actually experiencing God's presence with us. Take a step towards God. Pursue God. How do I pursue God? You're doing it. Actually, if you're watching online or if you're, you're here today, you're doing it. That's, that's one of the steps towards God to say, you know what, God, I'm going to experience you. I know that you're with us. I want to experience you being in me. I'm going to learn more about you. I'm going to experience your presence. I'm going to be around other people that experience you. I'm going to be around worship. I'll tell you what, if you want to experience God, take a step towards God. This church offers a night of worship once a month that is absolutely amazing with experiencing God. That sometimes, sometimes I feel like if I open my eyes, I am going to see the throne room of God. That's how his presence is so real. Experiencing God, take a step towards him. For many of us, we have never been involved in a small group. We have never been involved in learning what the Bible says and hearing from other people and doing life with other people and experiencing this God with us thing. I would encourage you, take a step towards God. Be, be deliberate about taking a step towards God and he will take, you will experience his presence through coming to church, through night of worship, through being involved in a small group. In January, right here in this church, we're gonna be announcing the new small groups. and uh, you know, Take advantage of that. Get involved, get engaged in a, in a small group. Pursue God, and he will reveal himself, that his presence will be with you, and it makes all the difference in the world, all the difference, experiencing him, because he is with us. Today, I want to finish by just praying for each one of us for this. I hope that today isn't just, oh, that's, that's good, that's cool, and walk out. I'm going to pray in just a moment that every one of us, even if you're not here, if you're just watching this, that every one of us would do that simple thing. Let's let's take a step towards God because he is with us and he can make a difference in our life. He changes everything. Let's take a moment. Father, thank you for even offering us this. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son on Christmas. That you came to us. You revealed yourself to us. You bring us right into your throne room and you live with us. Lord, may we not just know this stuff, but may we experience your presence living and active in us. Today, Father, I pray that you will draw us to take another step more steps that we would be delivered in our lives to get close to you, to experience your love, 
in your peace, in your fullness. May it go past us just knowing you're there to being with you in life. Father, help every one of us. Draw each one of us, I pray, in Jesus' amazing name. Amen.